This show is a part of the podcast network of the Walled Garden Philosophical Society, an international community of philosophers and seekers dedicated to the pursuit of truth, wisdom, virtue, and the divine, wherever they may be found. To find out more, go to thewalledgarden.com. Hello and welcome to another episode of Soul Searching with Seneca. Now, in this episode, we're going to be focusing on the last few verses of Seneca's 16th letter on philosophy, the guide of life. And he's really, he's sharing a recurring idea that we've heard multiple times throughout, uh, you know, not only this letter, but uh, also throughout his writings, uh, which is this idea that, you know, desires are endless. You know, if you if you base your life on the desires or the pleasures or things that you want to get out of life, then, you know, you'll never be happy because uh, ultimately you're always going to be wanting that next thing. And Seneca tries to help us to see how it is out of conformity with nature to be so desirous to, to always get that next thing because it is so limitless. But uh, but he gives this beautiful, almost kind of like a Taoist sort of idea, but it is definitely obviously in line with Stoicism. But it's this idea that nature's wants a few, but, uh, you know, pleasure's wants are, are endless. And uh, and so anyway, I'm going to read this and we'll kind of take a few things out of it and uh, and see where we find ourselves. So he says, quote, If I know you well, you have already been trying to find out from the very beginning of my letter what little contribution it brings you. Sift the letter, and you will find it. You need not wonder at any genius of mine, for as yet I am lavish only with other men's property. But why did I say other men? Whatever is well said by anyone is mine. This also is a saying of Epicurus. If you live according to nature, you will never be poor. If you live according to opinion, you will never be rich. Nature's wants are slight. The demands of opinion are boundless. Suppose the property of many millionaires is heaped up in your possession. Assume that fortune carries you far beyond the limits of a private income, decks you with gold, clothes you in purple, and brings you to such a degree of luxury and wealth that you can bury the earth under your marble floors, that you may not only possess, but tread upon riches. Add statues, paintings, and whatever any art has devised for the luxury, you will only learn from such things to crave still greater. Natural desires are limited, but those which spring from false opinion can have no stopping point. The false has no limits. When you are travelling on a road, there must be an end. But when astray, your wanderings are limitless. Recall your steps, therefore, from idle things. And when you would know whether that which you seek is based upon a natural or upon a misleading desire, consider whether it can stop at any definite point. If you find, after having travelled far, that there is a more distant goal always in view, you may be sure that this condition is contrary to nature. Farewell. End quote. So, again, Seneca is sharing this idea with us that he, he shares quite often, which obviously means that he feels it's quite important, that it is out of accordance with nature to desire and to constantly desire for more things, you know, to constantly seek pleasure, to constantly seek riches. 
And I think that a basic understanding of the Stoic principle of indifference is is kind of necessary here, because to the Stoics, the only good is virtue, the only bad is vice, and everything else is indifferent. Now, one of the reasons that everything else is indifferent, well, the main reason is because it can be given and taken away from you freely. And so, to build your life's foundation on a desire for those things that can be given or taken freely is to be the foolish man in the parable of the Bible, right? You know, Jesus tells this parable of the foolish man who builds his house upon the sand, and the waves come along and wash away the home and Of course the waves are going to come and wash away the home. Why did the fool build his home upon the sand? Well, that's, you know, that's what makes him a fool. That's as far as you need to go with that story. That's what a fool does. A fool builds his foundation upon something which is constantly changing and something that he can never fully grasp. And that's desire. You know, that's exactly what Seneca is saying here. He's saying that desire, you know, for these worldly goods, you know, you you can accept them when they come along. You can enjoy them even if you have them. That's fine. But to constantly want them, to desire them, to always want that next thing, you will never grab hold of that thing that you desire because as soon as you have it, you're after the next thing. You know, I've probably mentioned multiple times that quote from Alan Watts where he says that if you're always wondering what's next, then when what's next comes to you, you won't even be there to see it or to enjoy it. And so what Seneca is saying here is, you know, in in relation to the parable of the, the, the foolish and the wise man, well, the wise man is somebody who like in the parable, what Jesus says is, is you know, it's somebody who builds his home upon a rock. And that rock is virtue. You know, that rock is wisdom. It's stuff that you can grasp in your hand right now, in this moment. You know, it's stuff that you can seek and find. There is a destination. There is a path. You can achieve this. And so that's a firm foundation, you know. Like I've talked about before, Heraclitus talks about how we're all standing in a river and the river is constantly flowing past us and it's constantly changing. That's the world. Everything is changing all around us at all times. And on top of that, we are changing at all times. But what is something that will not change? You know, that's virtue. That's goodness. That's wisdom. These are things that allow us to find firm footing in the middle of a river that is always changing. And so, what we need to ask ourselves is, why are we constantly looking to the future, hoping to get something out of it? Why are we constantly seeking something else, seeking to have something other than what we have, to be somewhere other than where we are, you know, to gain something that isn't currently within our possession. You know, the stuff that the Stoics talk about, it's all within your possession. It's 
all within you. It's within your grasp. It's the soul. It's, it's the stuff that you actually can see and feel and know and understand that will help you throughout your life. But everything outside of that is in a state of flux. And so, why are we constantly seeking that stuff? Why don't we go within? Why don't we seek the goodness and the virtue and the, the, the wisdom that lies within ourselves in each moment? And in a sense, this kind of constant looking toward the future, constant desiring to have something other than what we, you know, other than what we have is, it's a, it's a sickness. It's a sickness of the mind because essentially what's happening is you are out of touch with what reality is. The future isn't here yet, which means that it doesn't exist. It's not there. It's not real. It's not tangible. What does exist is right now. Now, obviously, we can all recognize that we might say, okay, I'd like to move towards a goal in the future. And in order to do that, I have to do these things. And so I'm going to try and do these things in order to get this thing in the future. And we've all had examples of how that has worked in our lives, whether you've, you know, gone on a a pursuit of uh, getting healthier, you know, you you say, I want to be at this weight or this, you know, body fat percentage or whatever, and I'm going to go to the gym this many times and I want this and I'm going to get it. And so we can do that. That's an amazing thing. But you always have to remember that that future is always uncertain, always unstable. And if you're actually going to get anything that you want out of the future, you're not going to get it through desiring and wanting something other than what you have right now. You're going to get it by stopping and looking at the realities and the particulars of this situation, this moment, right now, who you are, where you are, right now, and acting from this position. You don't get healthier by hoping to become healthier. You get healthier by coming back to this moment and doing a few push-ups, eating some healthier food. You know, or at least eating when you're hungry and not just eating for the purpose of eating, right? Like, I love something that uh, Charles Bukowski, the poet, said. Uh, and he's, he said that most people don't go to restaurants because they're hungry. They go to restaurants because it's time to eat. And see, this is out of accord with nature. Because if you were in accord with nature, if you were listening to nature, you would eat when you're hungry. But we don't do that, you know, we just eat when it's time to eat, we go through the paces and so what happens is, you know, we get extremely unhealthy because we eat all these different foods that are unnecessary at, 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 you know, probably the wrong times because we're not actually hungry, we're just wanting to eat and then, you know, because we get overweight, we need to buy a gym membership and we need to, to go there and so, you know, then we need to make more money and so we're kind of getting into all these traps because of desire. Desire is that thing that gets us into the traps of external things. And once you're on that, that, that rat wheel, it's very hard to get off because there is no end to desire. That's what Seneca is saying here. You know, it's like nature's wants a few. You're hungry, you eat. You're tired, you sleep. 
You know, you're thirsty, you drink. You need a little bit of wisdom, look within. That's what Heraclitus said. He said, applicants for wisdom, do as I have done, look within. It's all there. Nature's wants a few because they're all within you. But pleasure and desire will always keep on taking and taking and taking. Constantly. That's why Seneca says, you know, take everything from all these millionaires and heap it up upon yourself. You know, walk on marbled floors and walk across wealth and all of this stuff. Have as much as you want. Do you really think, you know, do you really think that that's going to be enough? It's not. You know, because we're all searching for something else. Because the realities of this moment, the particulars of this time and this place and who you are, are too much for you to handle. You don't want to look at that. You don't want the goodness that lies within there. You know, you don't want that. You want the extra. You want the treat. You know, you want the next thing. And that's what Seneca's trying to say here. And the big question is, do you believe that? You know, it's something that you can put to the test in your life, right? It's certainly something you can put to to the test, but you have to believe that there would be some value in living a life kind of in accord with nature. You know, I'll be honest, if you look at my life, I don't think I fully believe that. I still desire, I still want things, you know, I, I still eat way too much food, probably more than I need. You know, if you looked at my body, you'd probably say, yeah, he's got a bit of desire, right? <laughs> he's he's probably eating a little bit too much food. And so the question is, do we believe this? Do we really believe that if we were to focus on this moment, aim at virtue, virtue means listening to what you truly need and acting on that in this moment, not hoping to be somewhere other than where you are, not hoping to have something other than what you have, not hoping to be someone other than who you are, but hoping to be in this place, in this body, in this soul. Now, to progress, to grow, of course, but that all happens right now. That happens when you make a choice. It doesn't happen in the future. You cannot be virtuous in the future. You can only be virtuous right now. You cannot have vice in the future. It doesn't exist. You can only have vice right now. Bring yourself back. Look around you. What's happening? Where are you? What are the particulars? What's the reality of your life? Now is what's important. Now is what's true. You know, now, truth, Wisdom, virtue, these are the seeds from which you will grow. And these are the firm foundation upon which you want to build your life. And then when the storms come, you can say, I'm not harmed. You know, we we, we see this all the time in the writings of the Stoics. You know, they give these examples of people who go through uh, horrible trials, and all of them did. You know, Seneca was exiled, and, and Epictetus was a slave, and, you know, Marcus Aurelius, wealthy as he was and powerful as he was, he had his own challenges, but all of them had this attitude of, you know, I'm not harmed, you know, because nature's wants a few. 
Whatever they needed, they had within their grasp. So on that note, I hope you've enjoyed that episode, and I promise I won't be affected if you didn't. <laughs> and, uh, and I'll talk to you next time.